Welcome back to another installment of For the Craft. Clean drop. Oh, we didn't get it. We didn't I get it. for it. Ah, it's because we're rookies. It was a premature... Because no one's paying e us to... E no one's paying us to be here. Uh, no one's paying us to leave. That's right. No Russian bots here. This is Dan. This is Dave. And you are listening to For the Craft, an episode dedicated to the... I'm going to try to say that again because I clearly didn't say it. You're listening to For the Craft, a podcast dedicated to craft beverage. Yes, Mainly right. beer. Um, but, you know, we're going to splish splash a few extracurriculars. I, I think we're going to do more than that. I think I think people would be really excited to see us dive into... Pools? Uh, I'm sorry. My form is excellent, but yes. Uh, but no, craft cocktails, uh, wine here in the state, all kinds of stuff. There's more to craft than just beer, although we're beer friendly. You guys know us. If this is the first time you're listening, uh, Dave and I will catch you up real quick. Many moons past, we started a craft beer podcast that was specifically designed for expanding the knowledge of craft beer styles and beer education in the state of Arizona through local beer production. Uh, we started expanding that as we got to know beer a little bit more and as the culture began to grow. And now Dave and I are here uh, many moons later. Um, we're older, we're wiser. We have bigger tummies due to the beer that we drank That's on the show. Very true. Um, and doing crunches is for dummies. I think lifting our children just constantly throughout the day is better than crunches. Yeah, crunches are for dummies. But Man, this is the a second child, dad so reference cool. in two episodes. I apologize. It's almost like we can't avoid it because it's a part of our DNA. And that was a joke about how our children carry our DNA. Before we get into it today, uh, to our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome. See, equality, 2019. I did it, Dave. It's, it's just... You thought I couldn't do it. I still don't. But uh, I, I poured a beer for us to enjoy while we talk about some uh, some relevant topics uh, this episode. This is from our, our, our friends in Michigan, Bell's Brewing. Mm. Nope, not Too Hearted Ale. Nope. Nope, this is actually... They a, make other beers that Too Hearted? Uh, <laughs> you... Yeah... Anyways, this is their uh, a new beer release for them that they have canned and, and seems like they're putting out in mass production. It's a pretty traditional ABV for an IPA, 6.4, but it is their hazy IPA uh, that they call official. Pungent American hops combined with wheat and Pilsner malts result in a smooth, aromatic, juicy IPA. They did not lie. It's juicy. It's delicious. It's, it's not anything over the top either. This is, I think, designed to be just done well two and a half nods yeah i would see i did i did two and a half nods when i tasted it yeah yep. yeah see it's not the system our scaling system is natural originally like, we had talked about doing a scale of one to four the craft and then we we're like what I, well it's weird i don't remember that we had been we had been consuming we've been consuming today while we consume we are going to talk okay new listeners we traditionally try to create episodes that are evergreen um, where you can come to them at any moment and learn about beer or the current culture of beer. But as Dave and I are catching up, as we've been away for many a moon, um, we, many. Wanted to, we wanted to catch up specifically on some relevant 2019 um, news. So, so we're going to dive into that, start locally and expand yeah, nationally. So, so tell me where you want to start. There's a, couple, we, there's a couple angles we can take. We can talk about uh, kind of the tap rooms that have taken over uh, the local beer drinking scene. We can talk about... Just the ridiculous expansion of local breweries to multiple sites in the city. Uh, we can talk about uh, McFate uh, and their big news that dropped this week, or Sun Up and their big news that dropped this week. What are you thinking? Uh, let's knock out Sun Up first. 
Okay. Because I know that you dibble dabble. Yes. Um, and that it's kind of exciting for them. Um, yeah, it's it not is. like uh, rock the walls news. So, but go ahead with not, that one. Not rock the walls, but it is something that that shifts. Uh, Something that's been part of the longest-standing local breweries in a long time. That's true. Uh, and in Arizona, be, people will be hearing this a few weeks after it happens. <clears throat> yeah, so they may yeah. know it of already. But so it will have what's happened. What's the deets, Dave? So Dave, uh, this is a segment we'd like to call Dave with the deets. I don't like that at all. And Dan I re- drops the beats, and Dave brings the deets. <laughs> I re- I reject the premise of this. So three weeks ago, uh, f- from the date of this recording, SunUp released an announcement that let uh, let their patrons know that they were going to be making a shift. For for its previous seventeen and a half years, SunUp had a full kitchen uh, and and uh, it's a full pub food fair menu. And and for seventeen years, it was something that that many locals loved. Uh, what did you have something on their menu? Do you remember the anything you ate there that you were like, this is? I used to eat a lot of. So I used to. My wife and I, when we first moved to Phoenix, we lived um, three blocks away, and so we would. I would I walk there. That. Yeah. Yeah. When we first moved here, so spent a lot of time eating nachos there, yeah. and um, yeah, a lot of the nachos there. Uh, I was partial. Those, to those the nachos n- changed once. Yeah. Before they changed, they were Classico Brewhouse nachos. Yeah. I loved them. Yeah. And then when they changed, they had this like incredible like Chipotle fresco there was a dressing fresco, on it there and was avocado a, a emulsion. Ugh. That avocado emulsion Ugh. was. Amazing. It was so good. And uh, I was partial to the wings, medium hot sauce with blue cheese. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I probably there. ate like thousands of Chickens. poor small chicken pieces. Anyways, they announced that on September 20th, 20th, the day before Easter 2019, that they would be closing their kitchen for good, that they would be uh, shifting all of their front of house services to the area formerly known as the Brewer's Den, which will now be referred to as the Tap Room. And they opened on Monday, April 22nd, as a tap room only, no food. Uh, but they do have plans to... Can you bring your own food? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Uh, food trucks. There's uh, Two Hippies, the taco joint right oh, across, yeah, the street. across the street. That's killer. But they're welcome, uh, they've welcomed you to bring your own food. Uh, and they will be providing food trucks, I believe, in the next month or so. Okay, so here's the fun question. We'll, I'll throw at that. Yep. Uh, we've been drinking at SunUp for many, many moon. Um and there's there's a lot of beers that have come and gone, a lot of brewers in and out in the ten years that yeah. I've been drinking there with you. Yeah. Um, which beer would you zombify? So that Res- uh, so let's say resurrect because the zombie makes me think I don't want to eat it. But if you were to resurrect it, so take a beer that they used to make that they don't make and bring it back. Yeah. For me, um, I know a lot of folks are very partial to the the light rail cream ale. I was a Stinger pale ale guy. That was the Stinger. They don't pin- make the Stinger anymore? No, they haven't made the Stinger in years. I never liked that one. Oh, okay. Cool. What about you? What would you... What would you? Uh, the Cask Porter. Do you remember just there? Because they, yeah. they would sometimes do like one-offs of their vanilla porter. They would throw a few barrels of it in just a straight cask, and they wouldn't put vanilla bean in it. Well, and that was my favorite beer there. I feel yeah. like that was the first cask beer that I ever had. And I feel like that style of beer in particular should have been drank on cask. And I think they just did an incredible job. You know what? And that You're beer right. changed, yeah. changed me as a beer drinker when I was I was a kid, 10, 10, 10 yeah. years ago, yeah. early 20s. That's, that, is, that was an incredible beer. And not to be forgotten, it kind of always gets lost in the mix, but SunUp has an incredible cask beer system. They have yep. eight cask engines and... 
they still make some some really cool one-off stuff. And if you're into to real ales, to cask ales, uh, definitely check out Sun Up. We should probably do an episode on cask ale sometime. It's weird that we haven't. All right, let's jump from the Sun Up to McFate or Fate, the fate of McFate. Mm-hmm. Steve McFate and the McFate Brewery and the fate of the f- brewery. The fate of the fast and the f- McFates. So uh, uh, Steve McFate, owner, uh, original founder of, a majority owner, I should say, and founder of uh, what originally was Fate Brewing and then in 2015 or 16 became McFate because of a potential uh, legal battle with a brewery in Colorado that's name was also uh, Fate. Uh, they released an announcement this week uh, that they would be changing their name back to Fate Brewing uh, because the Fate Brewing in Colorado, unfortunately, uh, filed for bankruptcy in November 2018. Mm. Um, you know, it happens. Mm. It happens to breweries. It's mm. nobody. Uh, nobody wants to see anyone else fail. Mm. Um, uh, but with this announcement, Steve also announced that uh, at the end of next month, he would be stepping away from the company, selling his. Majority in, uh, investment in the company to his me, <laughs> to his co-owner in uh, who uh, I believe runs the uh, South Scottsdale location, uh, and so that's a big change because Steve McFate has garnered a lot of respect locally, and having someone who is that well respected, and 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 who treats the beer industry as well as he does, leaving it is. It's hard to not see it as a loss. Well, I imagine he's been through an exhausting ordeal with this whole um, filing against him for the name, and it's just stupid. Uh, an expansion is stressful. I mean, they're literally weeks away from opening their third location that's going to be on Southern Avenue and Mill. Expanding locations is is really tough, especially when you're not a larger corporation when mm-hmm. you're kind of this family-run business. They still self-distribute. I mean, I'm friends with the yeah. sales reps who still deliver kegs themselves. All It's all yeah. in-house. They're grinding away, and that can that can wear on a guy. And this guy is a genuinely good dude. And uh, I wrote some sappy post on, on the Internet about like how I'm grateful for the few interactions that I've had with him. Yeah, he sent me a picture of him crying while he read it. That's not true. Uh, Steve McFate is, is much... Much too good of a man to read anything that I would write that's as sappy as it was. I just, I'm going to miss his influence in the local culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, we're, I mean, we're, ex- we know the beer will still be great. Yeah. Oh, it's going to um, be the same brewers, same, still you know. fun. It's going to be. My, my band has a lot of fun history. We play there that's once right. or twice a year. Yeah. Um, the team there is really great. I mean, Steve's super awesome. It's, it's, it's a, a good, it, it's good people it's, across the company. So if you don't, if you're not into yeah. Fate or McFate Brewing yet, and like, do yourself a favor, and like, start ordering their beers when you're out. Go to the tap rooms. Yeah, some of really good French fries. <laughs> I eat they, a lot of their. They French do. Fries. All right, as far as local places go, let's shift to a different type of tap room that is growing more and more popular here in the valley. Um, we're talking about the high end beer bars. The implications that they have on drinking culture. The implications that they have on community economics. Um, local business owners, social. Yeah, I, mean, just, I don't know. I don't just beer. Do, sales. Are those words good? Does yeah, no, it's all good. And and we are experts in literally zero of those things. <laughs> but we can we can look at what's happening and we can observe and we can say here's here's at least what we think and we'd love for you to observe and, and tell us what you think as well. What we really want to get at though is this is this year 2018, 2019 have there's been 
an expansion, like an incredible expansion of these specialty beer tap rooms. And they may have wine or they may have mead, uh, but what they are best known for is the more rare barrels of beer that are that are specialty, not something you can just find in bottles or bombers or six packs at your local uh, beer shop per se. They try to specialize in higher end stuff, which drives the price up on pours and on any cans uh, or packs that they sell. Now, one of the reasons why we're seeing this increase is that currently in the U.S. beer market, we're quickly approaching 7,000 small and independent craft breweries. Um, and the Brewers Association is estimating that there's as many as up to 3,000 that are still in the planning, pro- planning process for launching yeah. uh, this fiscal year, which means a lot of product to be sold. And a lot of people are uh, thriving and making money off of these things. So I think there's this, like, I don't think it's wrong to be having these high-end, expensive, to some people, tap rooms. I mean, it definitely changes the way that, like, my wife and I go out and drink. Right. You know, like uh, it used to be you would go to your wet bars, your saloons, and they'd have one or two craft beers. And now there's specific places that have 13 of the same style of beer on tap, and they're all right. $8 for eight ounces. Why so, is that happening, Dave? There's got to be more <laughs> reasons. So so with all of these new breweries opening, you've got, you've got these brewers, these brewer owners, these partners, and these investments who are trying to create beer that will move. And so they're given a lot of freedom because they don't have a big 15-barrel system or anything bigger than that. They have seven, five, three-barrel systems. They're brewing fast, and a lot of times what they're doing is they're experimenting within the trends that are really popular. What this allows them to do is create these really wacky one-offs that are either super hazy or super uh, whatever flavor that you want or adjunct that you think is the hotness right now. They can do that. and they can they can flip it and move it fast with these tap rooms rather than having to have their own brick and mortar space. I think that's good, but I think there comes an inherent challenge in that every brewery that we have ever seen become legitimately successful knows how to dial in and make a product with consistency. And and some of these younger breweries aren't doing that. And I think that these tap rooms is creating a way uh, from forcing them to develop a consistency in their brewing process. Well, that sounds like a positive, but then there's the negative of like, there's just another avenue for your product to go through the hands of someone else that might, okay, let's talk about from the production side where you own the brand itself. Right. I mean, when I say brand, I mean specific brand or style of beer. So Modern Times owns one of their brands as the Loma Land. Right. Right. Let's use that for an example. Or the uh, Bell's Official that we're sipping right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the less people that that product has to run through for the end consumer to truly experience the brand and its intended flavor profile yes. serving, um, the less hands, the better. Yeah. Right. So we have yeah. these tap rooms, um, but it's leading me to this idea and this question that I want to pose to you and our listeners. Um, go ahead and write us in at four 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 East Main Street Avenue, USA, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, is this positive or negative in the sense that are these beer bars leading the trends and educating or are they following? You know, like it's like uh, just because the Gap makes these shirts, does that mean we all should wear the Gap? Right. You know, like how much of it, and this is something that I know that we can all agree on, and this is not a slight at any of the business owners that own these local tap rooms, but there's cool kids clubs and then there's not cool kids clubs. Right. And the cool kids clubs uh, 
more or less set the trend. And usually they just buy what's most expensive. And then local beer drinkers are like, oh, if it's there, then that's what makes it cool. This is that the... Uh, it's the scene. It's I mean, the scene. It? Yeah, it's the scene. I get it. I get a scene. Um, I just don't think that... I'm, I'm anticipating the evolution and maturation of Arizona beer drinkers to see beer bigger than a scene. And I, I'm anticipating that these tap rooms need to evolve past that. And I don't think that they do that now. I don't think that they do that now. I do. I definitely don't believe, though, that that is their intent, is to become these scenes. Um, it's harder to get into some of these places in off hours. A lot of us work legitimate jobs and are well, gone in a way. Well, no, no, no. We're, we're literally bums. <laughs> literally bums. But... Uh, I have been in many times, and the servers have been educated. The owners are there serving the drinks. They are, they are, they love talking about beer. They love educating. So I know that the desire is there. Now, if you go there on a Friday night or a Saturday yeah, or a Sunday, yeah. you're going to get treated to a scene. Mm-hmm. So do you have the luxury of going to a high-end tap room and it's off hours to get some one-on-one time? <laughs> That's... That's going to be rare. Yeah, that's like this the difficulty of like when you go to a Hillstone or a restaurant concept like that. You yeah. have that one server who has four tab- tables and the bill's high and they're like highly educated on everything that they touch. You know, it's, it's almost like the price that we're paying for those beers, we anticipate that service. So it's harder to spend that money on a beer when you don't have that connection on a Friday night than it is on a Wednesday afternoon when you can talk to the server and say, hey, man, tell me about like the three greatest things you have on tap right now. Yeah. And they have an opportunity to really dive in with you. So, so what's a solution? What would you say is a solution to... I don't uh, think there needs to be a solution. Oh, okay. I think okay. I think the issue is that's just how the service industry, work, the service industry works. Right. I don't know if it's a solution, but I would challenge these business owners to be more community-focused in the events and activities that they do. Some of them are... Well, I don't know. I... I might backtrack or edit all this out, but my my thought is that if you're going to own a business that influences culture, mm-hmm. then it should do more than just pour. There's responsibility there. Yeah. yeah. So now I don't think that anyone in the city is really neglecting to do so. No. There's definitely assholes that own some of these high-end tap rooms mm-hmm. that I've talked to. Sure. Um, and then there's groups of guys and girls that are super awesome that do it, and I... They know me regularly because I spend a lot of time there. And there's other places where I don't spend time. Yeah. And the places where I don't spend time, it doesn't matter. They don't listen to the shit anyway. Um, That's they, correct. They like have a culture of like, oh, it's here. And, and you can't have it because I only buy five of them. And I'm, I only get this allocated to me. It's an arms race. It's an it's arms a scene race. It's an arms race, which to me is juvenile. And maybe that's because it's I'm a little so fallout boy. And older. Yeah. Is that a reference to a music? This ain't a scene. Sorry, you're, you're losing me, Dave. You're losing me and all of our listeners because no one ever listens to that band. <laughs> it's a gosh darn arms race. Sorry. The, rea- the reality, though, is we've enjoyed a lot of these establishments in a way that I think a lot of our listeners and our friends have. Mm-hmm. You know, like you and I have a very special memory of getting really drunk and playing uh, Joking Hazard at the Wandering Tortoise um, and having a great time drinking great beer and really like connecting. And that was a time where we hadn't seen each other in a while and it yeah. brought us closer together. So all these locations, and I know we talk about the tortoise a lot because we live there. We also spend a lot of time at Irene's. A lot yep. of my friends go to King's because they live near King's. King's, Gwyn, up Gwyn, in North Scottsdale. Yeah. Uh, Sleepy Whale's about to open. And that's that's just And we'll see about service. that, Justin. Mm, hot Tony. Hot Tony today, literally today, the day of this recording, is flying out for 10 days to go to Ireland. To get his mustache trimmed? 
No, that thing is full Raleigh fingered. Get a fucking job, Tony. Hot Tony, please. By call him by his call him by his Christian name. No, I'm not. Hot Tony. That's his real name. Dave, thank you so much for being so on the pulse of our local community of beer. I couldn't do this without you, Dave. I, I couldn't do it without me either, and I am also grateful to you to wanting to uh, to learn, to, to hear about what's been going on. So it's, I yeah, don't, I don't know. You know me, I love to hear about what's going on and then shove my perspective into it as if I have any idea or pulse on how the community actually functions. You you do, though, so that's totally okay. What are your final thoughts on this official, uh, well, this hazy IPA from Bells? What did I give it, three knots? You gave it two and a half. Two and a half knots. Does it change okay. at all since did you, you finished it? Did you give it three? It? No, I, I agreed with the two and a half. Okay, let's. I'm gonna keep it at two and a half. It's a great beer. All right, cool. But cool. it's like I've had a bajillion of these, and I'd rather have a torpedo. I torpedoes come up quite a few times today, and it's a good beer. Hey, thanks for listening. I want to encourage you to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook for the craft. We are on Instagram at four underscore the underscore craft. And if you want to connect with us personally, you can find me at Drinks on Dan on Instagram. And, and Dave, I am Dave Wasson W A S S O N on Instagram. We love you guys so much. And until next time, cheers, Arizona. Good night, San Diego.